Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you're having a fantastic getaway Friday. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Always great to be with you. And uh, especially on this extended edition, as we work our way towards three o'clock and Jeff Kaplan uh, here to get you home. Uh, We were talking in our last segment uh, about the power of story. And as we were kind of talking through that and and how important story is, how important it is to to businesses, to politicians, to uh, governments, to communities. And I wanted to go back to that for just a second before we uh, move on. Uh, and that is, there's this, there was this great story, speaking of story, uh, about Dr. Carl Frost. Now, Carl Frost uh, did a lot of studies of many of the tribes in Nigeria during the late 1960s. Uh, so late 1960s, electricity had uh, just been brought to a village that he was studying and interacted with. And each family in the tribe was given a single light bulb uh, in their huts. And at first, Dr. Frost thought this was, you know, this is progress. I am bringing progress to this village. But within a really short period of time, the the tribe began to unravel. It, It began to really spin into chaos and confusion. There were all kinds of squabbles and and fights and unrest. And many of the the things that had held that community together began to really unravel. The, the fabric of the society began to fray. And for a while, he couldn't figure out what it was, but he, he watched the patterns. And what happened, of course, was that at night, the families would go and sit in their huts and stare in awe of this new technology. Again, this was the 1960s in Nigeria uh, in these remote villages, and they'd stare at this light bulb that they had. And the light bulb watching began to replace what they used to do at night, which was to gather around the tribal fire. The storytellers would pass along the history, the story, the principles that made them great. And as they began to lose their history and their connection and their commitment to those core character values, everything began to unravel. Interesting. Interesting that in the 1960s in a remote village in Nigeria, it was a light bulb that was unraveling the fabric of society. Uh, 
And then I think about our society today and how many of us at night, instead of gathering around the family dinner table or in the family living room, we're staring at our light bulbs. We're staring at our new technology and we're disconnecting from the principles, from the values, from all of those things. And I, I am so guilty of that uh, because sometimes even when I am at the family table, I'm still checking the phone or I'm tempted to check the phone. We, we try to not have uh, phones at the table, which I highly recommend. Uh, but even at night, you know, when you're getting ready for bed, are you, are you staring at that light bulb? But that's disconnecting us from the opportunity to share the stories, the principles, the values, the things that bind us together as families, as neighborhoods, as communities, and as a country. And without that moral core, everything else starts to unravel as well. And so I think that's an interesting thing, an interesting challenge for us, a story we could we could spend three hours a day talking about story uh, and how it impacts our lives and, and what it really means. But I want to shift gears for a little bit here uh, as we come down the home stretch. And it, it's interesting, again, looking for community. We also have to be careful that we don't create such a bubble around us uh, that we don't have any other inputs. And we see that on our social media feeds, that if all we're doing is living in our own echo chamber, uh, that's a, that is not a good place to be. And especially as we look in, in light of the, the tragedies of last weekend, you see how easy it is for people to get so wrapped up inside their own echo chamber that they can no longer hear anything else. And so we see challenges to that. We see difficulties in terms of what uh, people are doing. We, we saw just in the, in the last 48 hours, we, we have a new uh, version of Twitter uh, called Parler. Uh, Again, it's supposed to be a non-biased, free speech-driven entity. Uh, We saw uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, have his uh, ongoing battle with Twitter. Uh, Some of the things were taken down off of his site. We've we've seen conservative groups complain about uh, how they've been regulated or diminished on many of the social media platforms. We know President Trump is going to meet with many of the leaders in that industry uh, in the coming weeks. But the the thing for each of us to remember is that as we isolate ourselves or as we do get further and further into our own heads and further and further into our own echo chambers, the opportunity for learning and for valuing others' story and others' values uh, is greatly diminished. And if we continue to go down that path, Uh, we really end up as the lonely crowd because we're really in our own, just in our own space and we stop listening to any other input. And from that space, you cannot compromise. You cannot learn. You cannot challenge. You cannot innovate. You cannot grow. And so you become very stagnant. And that's a dangerous place for a society. And so we we just have to be careful that we aren't creating such echo chambers. Uh, and, I, and I've seen those echo chambers. I've even seen the echo chambers in the United States Senate uh, because the chamber itself is usually empty because nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to be in a space where they might be persuaded by somebody else. It's It's easier for me to hunker down 
and just go through my own social media feed that just feeds me back the insight and the input from all the people who already agree with me and who will just validate my point of view, uh, that doesn't get us anywhere as a country. And so we have to break out of that echo chamber and be willing to listen, to be able to be willing to, to learn from other people and not just be in that instant defense mode, that instant certainty that prevents us from getting to uh, what Senator Joe Lieberman described as the integrity of compromise. Uh, and I love that framing of it. The integrity of compromise is a valuable thing. And we're going to see if Congress and Washington can put it to the test. We're going to see if each of us can live it out in our individual lives uh, in the in the days and weeks ahead as this uh, continues to march forward. All right, we're going to step aside for the last time. This is Boyd Matheson. I am the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources, the extended edition, right here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.